Exactly. Here we go. And the music is not moving. Okay, we don't want to get sued, so I think that was under 10 seconds, as the copyright law allows. I'm here with uh, Mr. Cooper. Good day, Chris. Good day to everybody else out there. Hope you're having a good day. Yeah, and if you're not, well, things are just going to get better. (laughs) It's not going to get any better in here, folks. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Well. Here we go. I was calling this episode Deuce because it's number two. And hopefully if you, a number two comes up, flush once for the bulk, twice for the remainder. It's only right. courtesy. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Right off the bat, Tom. Yes, sir. Um, would you like to hear a, a dirty joke? Oh, you know I do. Wow. Okay. I'll admit it. I have a tremendous sex drive. My girlfriend lives 50 miles away. That was a dirty joke. That's a that's a dirty long joke. That's a far away joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, how do you make a pool table laugh? Um, I don't know. Let's take a guess. Take a guess? Yeah. Pickle its balls. And on that note, hey man, get your balls tickled. Never hurt nobody, right? Uh, well, one time in college, uh, was <laughs> that, one time, that one time. <laughs> yeah, I snuck onto the campus. I wasn't attending. I, I didn't have that kind of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were selling them some quaaludes in 1972. Um, yeah, I'm not that old, but, you know, if you do the math. Anyway, so how are you doing, Mr. Cooper? Uh, how's your Saturday? I never... I'm pretty good today. Okay. All right. Are you having technical uh, difficulties? Cut out too? there for a second, bro. Oh, okay. I think it's. Uh... Uh, yeah, I kind of I restarted my phone before I I jumped into the stream. Well, did you zipper up quickly, or or uh, are you yeah. hurt? I made sure everything was out of the way, though. Okay. All right. Because I hate when yeah. that happens to me. Every other Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, so it's a right. I have an interesting story, though. Um, my grandfather, or not my grandfather, um, Grandpa, he's uh, um, in an Irish punk band. And, uh, yeah, and he's like 70 now. So he's up there, but he's out there shrouding it. You know what I mean? Is and uh, grandfather? Yeah, not my grandfather. It's my wife's dad. So my father-in-law. Oh, I I just call him. Get... oh, Grandpa. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He's just everybody's grandpa, so. I was um, like, you're pretty, pretty fucking young then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he met a girl at the show last night, and her birthday is uh, February 29th, so leap year. 
once every four years. So, um, technically, and happens, she's only, so technically she's only nine. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But anyway, she, uh, so she came from California up here. And when she came up here, she met four more people that had the same birthday as her in one town. Really? Yeah. What is that on the uh, the Aquarius timetable or Zodiac thing? Oh, um, does that no, have any significance? Uh, the Aquarius for ends on February 15th, I think. Okay. Wow. So five people in one spot that all have the same, and it's a leap year birthday. Is that crazy or what, dude? Well, I always thought it was weird that they would have uh, the concept for a leap year. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm still figure it out. So I might have to do some research on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you go about doing that. Uh, no, but it sounds interesting. Like, okay. How, well, how, did that, how did that timeline happen? You know what I mean? Where everyone just came together and. Oh, I am. Oh, you know? well, did they really, though? All right, you're dirty, Tom. Okay, so you just reminded me of something. I had an idea for a segment of the week just now, and you said timelines, right? Yes. Okay, well, I found a Mandela effect, and I want to oh. know if you buy into it, you think it's a crock of you-know-what, or if it's CERN. Oh, Okay, it's from BuzzFeed, right? Okay. It's actually number eight on a list of 50. And it's an I Love Lucy quote. What was the famous quote that I Love Lucy was mainly known for? Give me a second. Give me a second. Cause, uh... And I'll give you a hint. It's not Lucy saying it. No, I know it's um because I always thought that this was the case. You got some splaining to do. <laughs> you you hit it you hit it right on the head, my friend. Apparently, Ricky never actually said the sentence. Lucy, you got some splaining to do. See, and it's funny because I say that to my buddy at work. His name's Ricardo. But yeah. another plumber that we used to work with, he would say, Ricky, you got some splaining to do. So I repeat where, that. You know what I mean? So where did everyone get that from? Because I remember the reruns on Nick and Knight. It would, pro it would have to probably be from I Love Lucy. No, but I mean, apparently he never said that phrase at all. Right. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I remember him saying it over and over again it was like his catchphrase right right i think i'll tell you this and sam tripoli of all people actually and i was kicking myself afterwards because i was like why the most obvious thing and why didn't i think of that you know and he goes we we went into a couple of little mandela things like the ed mcmahon thing you know apparently he right. never worked for publishers clearinghouse now and that still creeps me out because i remember those commercials interrupting my fucking cartoons on saturday mornings in the in the late 1980s he never ever delivered an oversized check to a winner ever in a commercial i don't ever remember that you don't remember the publishers clearinghouse no ed i remember McMahon? the i remember oh, that 
but yeah. I don't ever remember him delivering a check to anybody. You're killing me here, Tom. You're breaking down my uh, my theory. Sorry, I know, but I just... <laughs> no. Some people do. <laughs> I I tend to be in the category where I do kind of remember that, right? And I think there's a lot of people in both camps. And then there's even a tricky thing where apparently he did work for some kind of publisher's clearinghouse competitor. I think it was like American Family Publishers or something. I'm like, where did that fucking come from? Apparently he did commercials with Dick Clark, like for that too. And I never remembered that, but I don't Yeah, know. I don't remember that either. Well, Sam Sam brought up the idea that what if this Mandela, you know, goofiness, because I, I like to have fun with it because it will legitimately creep people out. And sometimes I get a little creeped out, like the Edmund Mann thing at first. Right. And it still kind of boggles my mind because I remember specific memories. I even remember when that tank guy in Tiananmen Square. Yeah. I remember him actually seeing footage of the, him getting squished. But apparently he ran off and into the crowd and survived. So I don't know. I don't know what to think. You know what I mean? So maybe there was a little bit of uh fakery in the film there. Well, here's the thing. Sam brought up the idea that maybe this is a new kind of false memory syndrome, which by the way, I found out a long time ago was not an actual syndrome at all. And they actually had to close up shop in like, 2019 i think like the website and all that that was basically designed to victimize you know eyewitnesses to conspiracies or crimes or child molestation uh victims or rape victims to make them question their own eyes and brain you know what i mean like oh you didn't see what you saw because you were it was the trauma causes you all this shit that was just designed to uh cover perpetrators talking about mass mind control or that yeah right what happened in germany i recently saw a picture chris that blew my mind away that made me really think um it was a picture of um back in germany and when the war was probably going on and yeah. um basically it showed everybody giving the high heil hitler you know putting their hand up except yeah. for one dude one guy was looking around going like, dude, what is going on? Like he's it blew my mind. Like he wasn't falling for the bullshit, dude. I actually was going a little goofier and not on purpose this time. I was thinking that you were basically inferring the idea that it was like uh an Andrew Bellagio type character, like all of a sudden someone was there that in a new time that they shouldn't have been. That's what I thought you meant. Like, he's looking around like, where am I? <laughs> Maybe. Know? Who knows? Yeah. Then he blipped out again, back to wherever, you know? But you remember something like that, huh? Because I, I just saw the picture recently. I don't rem I think it was on, uh, not tw it wasn't Twitter, because I'm not on Twitter that much. It had to have been on YouTube or something. Right. Oh, and wow. just caught my, you know, my, I was like, whoa, you know, like, Maybe there was some mass mind control going on there, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, what did uh, Goebbels, right? Am I pronouncing that right? Herman, Herman Goering or Goebbels? One of the. There was, yeah, well, they're both. There are, are two different people, Goering and Goebbels. And Goebbels. Anyway, 
one of them, one of them had a quote like, "The bigger the lie, the easier the sell." Because you know most people are not going to question it. Oh, that could never happen. Nine eleven, you know, COVID. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, the bigger, and I think it was from Hitler himself too, or it gets attributed to a um, bunch. It's, it's funny, dude. Um, what if they were already cloning people back then? I have a feeling they probably were. Yeah. Um, I have recently saw another picture of, or it was a like a meme or something. Um, yeah. Well, no, it might have been in a video or something. I don't quite remember. But it was of Hitler, and he was sitting at the, um, if that's what you want to call it, um, he was. It was at the Olympics, okay. And it was kind of like uh, watching uh, Jay Z's wife when they were at the basketball game, and how she was doing this, you know, little like trance kind of thing. Only right. it looked like Hitler was so hopped up on drugs, dude, he couldn't sit still. Well, I heard he was on crystal meth. That was one oh, dude, he was on. He was on all kinds of stuff, but what if that dude was glitching out? What if he was a clone sitting there just glitching out, hopped up on drugs, dude? Well, you know what, Tom? Whenever anyone brings up the idea of decoys, even like even just could be a an actual legitimate clone from the DNA of someone else, which I do th I do personally believe that that does happen and has happened for quite a long time but even these other decoys that they'll be forced to get the uh, plastic surgery and things like that you know like Saddam's like uh, doubles and the idea of doubles in America is like such a science fiction type slant to it but in history Hitler had a bunch of doubles right probably clones too and Saddam I know this I know this from uh, researching it. The guy who got hung was not the actual Saddam because I found out that the actual Saddam and his sons, Uday and Kusay, ended up dying in a, um, a fighter pilot got awarded from, uh, got medals from the Pentagon for killing uh, by dropping, you know, like a bunker buster onto a house that they were hiding in and, yeah, they their bodies were seen being dug out, you know, Ude yeah. and Kuse. But later on, Ude and Kuse were kept alive in the press, and officially they died in a firefight with U.S. troops in like August of 2003, I believe. When all this, you know, when the actual Ude and Kuse and Saddam were killed in that that house that they were hiding in. A month into the Iraq uh, invasion. So, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. And even they had doubles and decoys, probably clones too. So, like the clone thing, I don't poo poo that what whatsoever. I mean, I mean, I think they were doing that long before they brought out uh, the sheep and all that. You know what I mean? We cloned something finally. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um. I was watching a tinfoil hat recently. I think it was a tinfoil hat. It's either that or Broken Sim. Yeah. But yeah. where uh, Sam Tripoli mentioned that um, in the Nuremberg trial, there was one of the top generals was on the at the mic talking about how because he was asked a question and he was talking about how mass mind control was going on, and you could hear that the people 
say, shut the mic off, shut the mic off. You know what I mean? Really? So they cut. The mic. Yes, sir. Wow. So that's that's what I I I saw that picture and then and then I heard that on Sam Tripoli and I was like, dude, that's probably what they're doing now, trying to do now. You I know? think when everyone's born, all of our DNA is collected and stored in some kind of that's why they prick your facility, foot. you know. That's why I, they prick your foot, Chris. I know they keep doing it every every Tuesday, and I'm like, keep doing it, please. Oh, I love oh man, they have so much of my I DNA; know. it's unbelievable. Well, Tom, you still have a uh, you know what do you call it, restraining order, and I wish you would leave those people alone. It's I'm having fun, Chris. Just having fun. That's all. Well, if you put it that way, um, I can't argue with that. But anyway, no. What I want, I would no. The thing that <laughs> the, the thing that Sam going back there because my brain is like you know wipe out. But anyway, the thing that Sam made it seem like and it clicked where it was almost like a new form of that false memory syndrome, but like on a massive scale where now they can fuck with the internet. They can fuck with, you know, old footage, you know, in the cloud or whatever. And they can sure. make these weird changes that makes people question, did I really see or remember the thing the right way so that they, you know, perpetrators of corruption and conspiracies in the future can just say, nah, you know, don't trust your eyes and your ear, your mind. You know what I mean? Like, what was that famous quote? that um i forget who said it but don't believe me no what was it don't believe your lion eyes remember that or was that betty davis thighs or sammy davis eye or anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah so that Sam made it made me think was, was that, that not juice newton? juice newton and um and the figs right that yes sir the power, the power group i remember that I don't. I don't think that was a thing. I don't. Well, Juice Newton was. Yes. I can't, I can't back up the figs. I don't have the documentation for it. But uh, you want to hear another dirty joke, uh, Tom? Absolutely. All right. Here we go, folks. Uh, the finest in smut uh, comedy. Um, well, let's see if this works out for you. Why did the sperm cross the road? Why? Uh, this is going to get us kicked off of YouTube that we're not on anyway. So, fuck it. Um, what? Because I put on the wrong sock this morning. Oh, man. That's terrible when you hey. wake up to crusty socks. Exactly. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe this one is more, uh, more, you know, more your, uh, your taste. No. <laughs> no, it's gonna be your butcher, right? The, yeah. Your head up, the bull's ass. No. Anyway, do you, do you validate? No. Here's one more for uh, just to tickle the fancy or tickle your brown or whatever the thing is. Yeah, whatever. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, I just had it. What do you call a cheap circumcision? Ooh. rip off i could say something but then they would call me an anti-semite 
but did you, it did, you the Jews have nothing to do with the punchline that you didn't hear me say because I was mumbling. Oh, sorry. Repeat <laughs> it. <laughs> a cheap circumcision. A cheap circumcision. <laughs> I learned that. I from, got it now, Chris. I got it. At first, it kind of went over my head. I got it now. Well, they, if they go over your head, then they're not doing it right, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, it could be fun to try. All right, moving on. I had another segment I wanted to run by you. Um, nothing to do with balls or circumcisions or disgusting DNA leaving traces over a, a pool party in July. Nothing like that. I was thinking we could do a Patsy of the week as well. Oh. And okay. I, I picked one out for us. And it's a weird one because this guy didn't actually get to do uh, the deed or be framed for the deed that he was supposed to be groomed for his whole life, apparently. And I'm going to share the screen real quick just so everyone can uh, see this awesome creep of history that never was. And anyone that follows my goofy stuff anywhere... Might be familiar because I always go on about this guy because uh, it's fascinating to me. I even wrote a screenplay once about this character. Okay, we're going to share the screen, right? And hopefully no one sees all my tabs because, uh, you know, that... Uh, yeah, you don't want them to see the Pornhub? <laughs> well, Tom, that was just rude. And it's, <laughs> it's actually a spank bang, but... okay. Hey, whatever floats your boat, brother. I'm not, you know what I mean? I don't judge. Oh, float the boat. I, that's, yeah. I, that's on the playlist. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to share the screen here with uh, a non-Pornhub folks. Um, <laughs> point. Okay, I don't have to share the uh, system audio, do I? No. Okay, I got to click on that. See, folks, we're learning. Okay. What we're learning, I don't know yet. Okay, here we go. All right, just bear with me, Tom. Bear with me? No. Uh, bear skin. All right, here we go. Are you seeing this on your end? Yes, sir. Okay. This I, I picked out as the Patsy of the Week, folks. It's Thomas Arthur Valley. He's, he's very, very similar to a fella named Lee Harvey Oswald. And Thomas Arthur Valley, actually was supposedly going to be the patsy uh, for the Chicago plot on JFK's life that was just weeks before Dallas. And the, in total, there were actually three, and some people say four, including Los Angeles, but I go back and forth with that. But apparently there were three plots to kill JFK before Dallas, and the others were Miami and Tampa. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, Tom. Uh, does any of this ring a bell at all? Yes, sir. Yeah, so this guy here, right? Thomas Arthur Valley. We got the three, the psychological thing, right? The three, three name, lone nut, right? And we got here the Chicago plot. Um, there's his face right there. He was basically, from what I understand, he was basically the right-wing version of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. You know how he... Lee Harvey Oswald was groomed to be, you know, with the Castro stuff, you know, the, the being a, you know, a commie and all that, going to Russia and all that. Well, from what I understand with uh, Thomas Arthur Valley, he was kind of like about the Birch Society and uh, like 
far right. I could be Brian getting... the right wing nut, huh? Yeah, like they <laughs> they went the other. Well, <laughs> if you sit down a certain way, you can avoid any discomfort. You know what I mean? Right, right. You gotta pick a side. You gotta pick a side when it comes to ball comfort. Um, all right. So anyway, they even resembled one another physically. That's the last line right there. See, both Val Valet or Valley in uh, Oswald could be shown to have an extremist uh, political views. Both owned rifles. Both were basically loners, basically drifters, basically low lives. The dregs of society, perfect for the work they were recruited for, perfect for a frame-up. Anyway, so they both apparently were, uh, they appear to be recruited by C the CIA for black emissions or otherwise unsavory, personally discrediting assignments. In Oswald's case, at the height of the Cold War, he was instructed and helped to defect to Russia. Okay, so we already know uh, Oswald's thing. So where's uh, Valet was recruited about the same time to train members of a fiercely anti-Castro guerrilla group. Oh, so maybe I thought he had a connection to the Birch. Uh, says, ah, I have to go back and uh, fact check that one there. Uh, wow, I could have sworn he had that in him. And Tom, what do you think? Am I unraveling before everyone's... Eyes right here. I think you're doing a fine job, dude. Um, I didn't even know about this gentleman, so you're opening up my eyes to something new here. Which Isn't is totally it weird? Yeah. Doesn't that point to conspiracy right there? That's why I always harp on this guy. Because um, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. Did I think? I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, they didn't do the hit in Chicago because they didn't want to bring any heat onto the mob. Was that the reason why they didn't do that in Chicago? Well, here's the thing. Here, here's the weird part about Chicago, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna flip back here to see the awesome Mr. Cooper. Here we go. Okay, we're gonna stop the screen share and the Pornhub and all that. Here we go. All right. All right. He says. Okay. <laughs> well, there. I don't want to butcher this either because my good, my good friend Chuck Ocelli, uh he showed me the error of my ways during another show that I went back and had to correct. And I will admit when I'm wrong. And a lot of people won't do that. So what, ha what happened? You say hemorrhoid? No, it's Chris. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not hemorrhoid. <laughs> I, I didn't say hemorrhoid, but whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm thinking of Jason Barker uh, calling me that. Anyway. Okay. Shout hey, out Jason. to you, Jason. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, okay, the question was, um, oh, yeah, okay, here. From what I understand, and I hope I don't butcher this, it was called off because and some kind of informant called the Chicago Secret Service office, and the informant's name, he went by the name of Lee, and he warned that there was going to be an attempt on the president's life in Chicago after the football game. Lee was the guy that called and warned them. A lot of, well, maybe not a lot, but a, a whole bunch of people, they like to think that, that Lee was Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. Because in the, re, the JFK research community, there's a theory that Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of a 
a a team that was sent there to stop uh, the assassination in Dallas. Like that's one theory. Um, there's a whole bunch of circumstantial evidence that does back that up, um, actually. And that, uh, from what I understand, there were people around Lee Harvey Oswald that actually said that he admired John F. Kennedy as president. So I don't know. It's not conclusive, but, you know. But anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so it actually ties into Abraham Bolden. You ever heard of him? No, sir. I believe after meeting, after JFK met him and found out that he wasn't being treated right, um, wherever he was working uh, as a part of um, some kind of part of the Secret Service in Chicago, right? He recruited this gentleman he as the first black member to be in the secret service i, I hope i'm getting that right too uh i oh man tom i hope i'm not butchering this i'm really bad because this is a big one this is the big enchilada abraham bolden supposedly took the phone call from the informant lee about the warning against you know the chicago plot and this Mr. Bolden actually tried to do the right thing and do something about it. And the higher ups actually framed him for, for, a, you know, stealing money. I believe it was for something he never did. And he actually saw jail time for it. And, and he was a secret service agent. Yeah. And here's the oh, kicker. Boy. Here's the weirdest part. You know, who actually pardoned him? I think it was either last year or the year before. Uh, Had to be last. No, it was Joe Biden. Oh, really? He pardoned him after all these years. Yeah, I don't know why. I after all these years, huh? But they won't release the other JFK records. But that's what I mean. They do weird shit. You know what I mean? Like. But anyway, so that was long-winded. <laughs> no, hey, that's no, dude. That's good. In you know, I didn't know that. There's even a theory that the car that Thomas Arthur Valley was pulled over in was registered to Lee Harvey Oswald. I can't find where that original source was, but that made the rounds too. So since this is <laughs> conspiring with Mr. Cooper, we can be a little loosey goosey here and say that there's speculation all over the place, right? All over your face, neck, and chest, like a, a classy art house film. Nice. Anyway, so what? Um, so that was the Patsy of the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, it's you know. No, that's kind of cool, dude. I like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean, like a little segment to talk about. Because doesn't that, doesn't that? I always harp on it, right? Because doesn't that prove that's like a prime example of why Dallas was a conspiracy? Because they had the whole similar plot. This Thomas Arthur Valley character, besides the comparisons of the name and the even the physical description, the background, the recruitment, and you know this or that, being a lone lone you know maniac or whatever. Anyway, he also was supposed to have a job in a tall building that was going to overlook an Elm Street like. Um, it's basically like the motorcade in Dallas, like in downtown Chicago when he was coming back from the football game there. 
So it was like the same setup and the same like triangular triangulation of fire, they were saying. But the Patsy was going to be blamed being working up in the tall building, shooting down by himself, that type of thing. Meanwhile, you would have the other three, three or four or whatever teams of spotters and gunmen, you know, doing the actual firing, you know. It's like the same exact plot, but it got called off because some guy named Lee called up Abraham Bolden, the first African-American Secret Service appointed by John F. Kennedy. And uh, would you like to hear another dirty joke, Tom? Hold on one second before you tell the joke. Maybe they did that on purpose to see if how many uh, secret agent, secret service agents they could get to bite on that. What you mean, like the, a banana or the truth? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> to uh, see to weed out the people that uh, would would uh, do tell. the right thing, would do the right thing, or cover, yeah. cover their asses, right? Yeah. Well, maybe could both. Be could be it. And now I'm not as familiar with the Miami plot and the Tampa plot, but I think the Miami plot was featured in Oliver Stone's recent documentary about jfk through the looking glass i think it was called and it was basically uh it was his uh way of updating his uh 1991 film jfk but it was a documentary and he went on joe rogan and talked about it and things and uh he he actually displayed more of the chicago plot with thomas arthur valley but he went into either the Tampa or the Miami plots, one of the two, and actually named the three named Patsy in that operation. But that guy had a Cuban name and he was Cuban. And I think he, they actually said that they were the shooters that were going to be real shooters that were going to be involved with that plot ended up taking off before they could be rounded up by uh, the cops there the local cops and they just found their weapons in an apartment not too far from uh the patsy in that operation so for me it's fascinating because i'm like there are they grooming these these three name lone nutters like from birth because it seems like edgar hoover had a whole file on lee harvey oswald before he should have been known at all i'm like is there literally like a, a grooming school i know grooming I don't mean grooming in like the. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Is there literally like a a factory for for dupes, and so we just don't hear about most of them because they're not needed most of the time, like for operations that don't end up happening. You know. Okay, so I believe they do do this. What you're talking about, because um, my wife was they tried to do this to her, not maybe not as like to go out and kill people kind of thing. But um, but to be used she, as an asset for something, right? Or you know, maybe to get her into a one of these agencies to work for them, or right. um, you know, like the CIA or the FBI or yeah. whatever. Um, so her wow. SATs were uh, like one percent in the nation. Um, they were actually they were actually grooming her to. I, we don't know exactly what you know what I mean. Um, but her mom happened to find out about it and pulled her out of all of them. Just like, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Um, wow. That yeah. must have blown your mind when you 
found out about that? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. My wife's super intelligent. Um, she's a very smart lady. Um, she's probably oh, yes. read about 30, 40,000 books throughout her lifetime. Um, and including the Bible, she could pretty much re recite most everything in the Bible, whichever version she read. Um, so she's, I like to, uh, she, she retained information. Maybe we'll get her on one time, Chris. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. She'd probably yeah. do video. She'd probably just do like voice. But I bet one time there will be a subject we'll be talking about, and she'll want to come on and talk about it. Well, we can do like with that uh, that music video from back in the eighties. You know, um, take on me. You know, like where they're being animated. You know, like, during the thing. You know, take on me. like. I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know. Don't eat paint chips as a kid in the eighties. <laughs> I, I don't know how that applies there. If you get a DeLorean and floor to eighty eight, just don't eat the lead. You know. Yeah. Right. Beware of the lead. <laughs> yeah, like right off the walls. Remember, I remember. You know, being told. So another thing to too. Yeah. Um, she also said that her mom found out that they had an FBI file on her and her husband, which grandpa, or my father-in-law. Yeah. Um, they had a ten. They were Democrats, or well, grandpa's still a Democrat. She's passed away, but um, Sorry, they yeah. had like uh, they went to some protests. You know, they weren't like violent protests or anything. You know, it was like some animal protest and some stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. right. And uh, it was all on the record. Wow. So wow. they were tracking her mom and, and grandpa. And this is in an yeah. era way before and the internet. They also had files on my wife and her sister. They have oh. files on all of us, Chris. Dude, you're going into the Twin Peaks territory, and I, I love it. Please tell me more. <laughs> um, so... I, I, we talked about this last night, and I'll bring it up again. There's a gentleman named Eustace Mullins that yes. I really, really like, um, and he is not uh, talked about a lot in the conspiracy realm. Um, not, well, I don't think a lot of people really know who he is. And why? Um, and you had mentioned why. Why would that? Yeah, be? because he wrote a book about um, the biolog. It's called the Biological Jew. He's wrote a, a number of books on on Jews. Um, and for that, he has been called an anti-Semite. And it doesn't make any sense, right? Right. So he also found out that the CIA was buying up all of his books so nobody could read them. I have heard the Pentagon has done this. I've heard the uh, White House has done this if they want to censor like the whole pressings of books. Yeah. But this gentleman's research goes all the way back to Babylon. Um, he did a lot of his research through the Congre uh, Library of Congress. Yeah, he was the only person that's ever been fired from the Library of Congress. Um, so, you know, um, I would think that the dude's probably got something, something truth to tell. You know what I mean? Um, if they're if they're trying to knock this dude down this much, right. so basically, he got he he um, he didn't know about FBI having a file on him. He did a FOIA. Somebody told him, do a FOIA, get your, yeah. your FBI file. And he's like, I don't have an FBI file. I've never committed any crimes. And uh, he said, no, just do it. 
So he got hit, he got the paperwork from the FBI and then right. turned around and sued the FBI for $50 million, yeah. um, which no judge would take. Um, he was his own lawyer, um, but the FBI stopped messing with him. Right. So um, it's kind of a win, but. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. Oh, well, just to know, like, when do you think, Tom, when did, um, when did he, did he mention um, when that process begins for a person? Like, if everyone has one, like, is it, like, from birth, like, with the birth certificate thing, or teenagers? Yeah. Yeah, okay. but once, once your parents sign that that um, that birth certificate, you you now belong to them. So right. That's what I've heard, too. Um, right now, we're, we're living in a fascist country. Whether yeah. people want to think we are or not, that's what's going on right now. The corporations yeah. are running the government. That's right. And that is fascism. Yeah. Um, we've been living in that for quite some time. Yeah. And then we get the other side. I don't know which one is the uh, the ruse, because then we get this, this shit with the, uh, the far left now. Like, are we communist or are we fascist? I think we're fascist, but I think they blur that line just to uh, make my head hurt. Yeah, that's why I don't. That's why I try not to uh, pay attention to it too much. You know what I mean? I'm an anarchist. I don't. I, I don't. Um. I don't need somebody to tell me who to vote for. Well, I'm a uh, Libra. That hey, that's cool. Maybe we could start up a party. You know, the Libra, the Libra party. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe we can get you in there as president and me vice president or something. You know, I don't, I don't want the job. You know, well, nope. Chris, we can clone. See, the thing is, is we oh. could use their tactics against them, right? So then I could just read books, then, and then my clone can just absolutely. Okay, I like what you're saying. If out, they but... assassinate you, we'll just put another one out. All right. right? On, that, on that note, I oh I oh I oh what's this? Okay, keep keep talking, Tom. <laughs> keep talking. I'm switching with the clone right now, actually. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I, I, I have some, uh, some links to Eustace Mullins books. Um, oh, you always throw them out, give them out there, man. Uh, no, I can, if people want them, um, you can email me at misfit1904hotmail.com. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you knew them offhand or. or um, I also found a, a original version of Bill Cooper's book, 1991. Behold the pale horse. It's PDF, but it's supposed to be. It says it is. It's original. I think I got it off his website. One of I sent that to a, a few people, like my friend Peter Sikosh and uh, yeah, a few others. Yeah, that and Dave McGowan's work too. And I would I, suggest if I haven't read his book yet, so I have to take the time to read it. Um, so I've only read, I've only read one of partial, partially read one of uh, Eustace Mullins' books, and that had to do with the the medical system. Yeah. Man. That's and uh, yeah, the part I would suggest everybody go read that book. Yeah, no, it's things that people should know. It's just when I say it's a downer, it's like it's a downer, but they should know it, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's oh man, yeah, no, um. I had uh, what was it? Another dirty joke, but uh, I don't, I don't know if it's overkill right now. But you know what? Fuck it. 
okay, here's a nice tasteful one, okay? What do tofu and dildos have in common, Tom? I don't know. They're both meat substitutes. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't like the fake stuff, dude. I like the real stuff. <laughs> they were talking about what it, the, the AI. So this is what I want to talk to AG about because I, I mentioned what if the AI is the seven fallen angels? Right. Um, she said right. something about, well, that's, you know, not – I. I I don't want to butcher what she said because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk for her, but right. I would love to have a discussion with her about that. Um, I'm hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping uh, that, that. Gee, that get a mic. <laughs> she got um, your extra sketch. Is that what you said? No, get a mic. That's what she said. She needs to get a microphone. Oh, okay. All right. I thought she, she and then she mic. come on and chat with us or whatever. Yeah, no, she's great. I uh, actually, I was able. She, um, she was gracious enough to uh, endure my uh, my questions on Get Mad um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I thought we really hit it off. And uh, and her and my producer Chuck Ocelli, they are are eventually going to do an episode on her channel on Rockfin, I think, about paganism. Cause, uh, oh, okay. yeah, cause Chuck doesn't really get to talk about that. And, uh, he's studied that quite a bit too. Good for him. Yeah. So, no, you know, um, oh, I, I, OB's got some knowledge on some stuff that's different yeah. than, you know, than the norm. I and, like uh, yeah. I do too. You know, I, I feel like, um, I want to learn as much of that as I possibly can, you know, like, as a kid, I was I was a Catholic. I was always told to fear the devil or Satan or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, well, I quit being afraid and I went and looked it up, you know, and uh, turns out it's just a bunch of BS like most other religions. Um, but I, hey, uh, whatever, whatever works for you, you know what I mean? If If you're being a Catholic, if that's what works for your life. Style right. or whatever, however you want to look at it, that's fine. I, I'm not going to judge anybody for their religious beliefs. So, I'm not going to judge the Satanist, you know, and I'm not going to judge the uh, Catholic or Buddhist or Christian or whatever. Or the pygmies, you know? right? The pygmies. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to I'm going to look into their books, and I'm going to go outside of that and find out uh, some really interesting stuff that maybe happened or maybe it didn't. You know, but how can we be sure? I don't. That is, uh, that's the age old question. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep looking. Well, here's Whether the I, thing. Not, I don't know, but it's you interesting. Said, you know, you said you like to learn things, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'm gonna share this. Well, when it comes to conspiracy stuff, absolutely. That's. Well, this is going to blow. I've this had this bug since I was a little kid, and it all started with Bigfoot. Are you talking about crabs? Yeah, that too. Oh. I think you know how you get rid of those? You just shave. Oh, I was going to say practice. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> well, that's, how you, that's how you get to <laughs> City Hall, I think. Or crab oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> carry, the, 
Anyway, folks, uh, yeah, no, I, this, this is going to blow your mind, Tom, or maybe nice. it won't. Maybe it'll blow someone, but here we go. So I'm going to share the screen. Again, full disclosure, it is not um, red tube. Here we go. Share. Okay, Tom, what do you, what do you think of this article? The CIA Saddam gay sex tape? Yes. Hmm. What had happened was, perhaps they brought Paris Hilton on as a consultant. Ha ha, is you know, what the author was trying to make a joke. Jeff Stein at the Washington Post reports that in 2003, um, the CIA considered trying to discredit Saddam Hussein with the Iraqi people by doctoring a video that would have purported to show him having sex with a 15-year-old boy. Okay. Anyway, so, Tom, your thoughts? Um, that, that one. We kind of went over this last week, you know what I mean? Um, I just want to let people know that everyone likes to think that it's girls that these men are messing with, and it's got nothing to do with girls. It's got to do with boys. And uh, they yeah. steal their souls. And that's what right. that's all about. They right. break them down. It's trauma. So I don't, I'm glad I'm not any part of their, what they got going on. I feel bad for the kids because they're put through this torture, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. to break them down to become what they are what the, what the elite are you know scumbags killing their spirit yeah, yeah. well and it, well i didn't know the 15 year old boy part but uh i mean the whole thing was bad enough but here was uh wired.com they uh they chimed in too and says for those that can only hear right now, it says CIA mold Saddam gay sex vid made Osama tape instead. Huh. On the eve of the Iraq war, the CIA kicked around a rather odd idea. Make a gay make a gay sex tape featuring a teenage boy. Okay. All right. So uh yeah, I don't well, know. Well, you know, you know, Chris, um a lot of times maybe they put that stuff out in the media to make them look worse than they really they really are right not that they're not not that they're not bad but you or, know when or, you start or when you start stuff, that's when people get really irritated you know what i mean yeah so and anyway, i'm not saying i'm not saying that the sex tapes are real or not real i couldn't tell you you know yeah, but some of these articles they, they, they really did use um uh porn actors supposedly well, here's a more lighthearted one. Uh, you ever heard of the brown note, Tom? Mm, uh, maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, supposedly there's a frequency that um, called referred to as the brown note because apparently oh, this. you will shit your pants. Oh. And apparently, I like well, I uh, try not to, but... If I'm at the movie theater and you want to clear out the movie theater, be there by yourself. 
That's totally <laughs> disgusting, Tom. That is disgusting. <laughs> I'm appalled. I meant if I wanted to see the end of the film, and I only had a <laughs> half an hour left, I can deal with uh, a change of pants at the local uh, uh, Five and Dime? No, um, Walmart? No. Anyway, Tom, you don't want to shoot your pants anywhere. No, no. Pants are expensive. But yeah. what happened was protesters panic over crap cannon. This is from Wired as well. And uh, it was from 2000, uh, 2008, I believe. Activists, oh, that's great. Activists planning protests at the forthcoming Democratic National Convention in Denver are wary of a police weapon they refer to as crap cannon. Luckily for them, it doesn't exist. Oh, Fox News filed this report, also called the Brown Note. The cannon is believed to be an infrasound frequency that debilitates a person by making them defecate. Uh, I believe so, it. So, yeah, I actually have heard about this weapon uh, over the years uh, used against, you know, peaceful protesters uh, to make them, you know, very uncomfortable and very, very brown uh, stains, uh, for lack of a, a more tasteful. You better be careful, man. They might have a bunch of naked protesters running around. Well, you know, now you tell me. They're probably going to take their clothes off. And now right. you tell me, Tom. Yeah. So now you tell me, and I can't do anything about it now. It already one big fest. <laughs> would you be a? Would you be, be able to do me a favor? I can't really see too well. Can you read that headline right there? And then I'll I went, stop. I went in search of the brown note, the frequency that makes you shit yourself. Thank you. That's on Vice. Thank you, folks. Okay. Going back to the panel, as my friend Six would usually say. Okay. Well, what I'm going to have to do is transition back into a place and plug this in. So, Tom, yes, sir. while while uh, I'm en route and uh, just to protect the innocent and the, and the guilty, I'm going to switch off my camera. But okay. I'm going to rely on you, buddy. Tell us okay. a story about your uh, the time that you... I realized that doppelgangers, um, well, what are your thoughts on doppelgangers, basically? Um, uh, explain to me, what's exactly, what is that exactly? Well, the idea is that there's another person that looks exactly like you uh, somewhere else on the planet. And okay. it may not necessarily be, you know, in the of the clone persuasion, but. No, 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 like, no. I know what you're talking about. Like an evil twin that is not really a twin, but they're out there and they, they look. It's exactly funny that like... you say that, Chris, because um, uh, I don't know. It was, mm, I don't know, not maybe not ten years ago, but it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, I went to I went to Houston for a while. Okay. And uh, one night, my wife went out and uh, with the kids, they went shop. They were going to go shopping, and they saw a guy who looked just like me bald head and everything walking through the through the uh parking lot and they were like hey what's tom doing here oh <laughs> <in> houston <laughs> so um yeah maybe that's you know that could be highly possible maybe there's another tom walking around here well that's the idea and does that freak you out at all 
No. Yeah, me neither. Um, because yeah. I'm me. I know it. I know who I am. Yeah. What about me? I don't know who I am. <laughs> well, you know, and that might be a lot of people's problem too. Sometimes in life, they don't know who they are. No, I was just trying to be artsy fartsy, Tom. And uh... I'm a savage, dude. Um, I, I lose my temper, and I need to really work on that, especially at work. Mm. All right. Well, we're, my, we're... my wife kind of chewed my ass out yesterday about that. No, I've heard about that coming. I've heard about that category on uh, on X Hamster. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, folks. Okay, mm. here we go. So, yeah, I've I've had to pull my wife out of out of like a bank before. Um, one time we went to a pizza place and the guy was complaining. He was he had a wad full of cash and he was trying to pay for his pizza with food stamps. And my he wife, said, he said wad. <laughs> yeah, wad, wet wad. <laughs> oh, <that is> <laughs> man. Anyway, um, yeah. So my my wife's, you know, we're we're right on the same level, on the same savagery. You know what I'm saying? So we got to watch out for each other. <laughs> how how do you um do you have like a thought maybe on? Was there a certain conspiracy that made you more savage, or? Um, a television program or an old Maury episode or Geraldo or something? Because that guy used to piss me off. Um, I, I, um, it's like, what? no, 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 dude. Well, I used to live out on the streets. I had a really bad drug problem. Um, and this was by my own, you know, nobody, I, I did this all on my own. I'm not putting the blame on my parents or nothing, no, nothing like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I was uh, living out on the streets. And um, I saw what life was really all about, you know. Um, it's horrible, right? It's it's, but at the same time, Chris, I had fun. I, I was having, you know, there would be times when shit was just really messed up. Um, I would like, I was a meth head, so I would be up for a long time. Um, right. You know, I, I would do like two weeks, sleep five hours, and do another two weeks. Um, wow. I'm surprised I'm not, I haven't fucking, I'm not a lunatic. You know what I mean? Um, well, maybe I am. I, and I just acted on it. I don't know. But, uh, um, I know yeah, I am. Times I would wake up and I, I didn't, I was homeless. I didn't have a place to go. I would stay at friends house and party and stuff like that, but I didn't really yeah. have a place of my own or nothing like that. Um, so I was always watching my behind my back, which is, is a terrible way to live. Um, because in in that world, it's uh, somebody's always trying to steal what you got. You know what I mean? Whether it's yours or not. You know, um, I, I I was a criminal. Um, I was a thief. Um, I I did what I had to do to survive out on the streets. Um, and I I did some terrible things, and I, I'm not proud of. Um, but I I wouldn't change anything that I ever did in my life. This is right. it, it made me who I am. Um, being out on the streets probably did savage me up a little bit. And then of course, going to prison, um, that's a whole, that's a whole nother different lifestyle. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not going to insult you and say I do cause I don't, but I can imagine. And I, yeah, it's a whole different lifestyle in there. You know, um, yeah. bad things go on in there. You are not being rehabilitated. You go no. in there. And when you come back out, you're more of a criminal. 
Right. Now you have connections, um, right? Like sometimes. Yeah. Well, because you're learning from other criminals. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. those criminals are 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 in there for life. You know. And you got to deal like, with COs too, right? I was locked up with a school teacher. He robbed a bank for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he kept he got the money. He only did three years for it in federal prison. Really? But he had to cut off his whole family. Everybody he talked to, he cut them all off. And then after he robbed the bank, he went and turned himself in. And uh, this was in San Diego where I lived. He was from L.A., went down to San Diego, robbed the bank, and then right. went back and did whatever he did with the money. Um, wow. But then he waited about a month. Then he went back down to San Diego and turn him was to turn going to turn himself in. And the cops laughed at him. They were like, dude, get out of here. They thought he was joking. So he went to the highway patrol and apparently they, they ended up arresting him, um, took him down to the federal prison, you know, and he got booked and I'm, he was a great gentleman. He wasn't, he wasn't a hardcore criminal, but you know, he worked the system. I'm not mad at him. The system worked him, you know. Is he still around? Maybe the maybe the taxpayers paid for it, but really, are we paying for it? You know, it's all bullshit money anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, you and know, they're just stealing from us still taxes anyway. So. Oh yeah, yeah. God. But yeah, it's it's all it's um the politics in prison is way different than what's going out on, on the streets, you know. Um actually a lot of things come from the prisons. A lot of these uh like the the uh Rodney King riots that came yeah. down from a, a California prison. They told the people to riot. There's a whole there's a whole thing about that. I've read a book once where they were talking about the provocateurs that were all over the city, like causing shit, kind of like the January 6th type thing. But people don't really talk about it too much about with the riot, those riots. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was working down in L.A. when that stuff was going off. It was crazy wow. down there. You know, Did you see uh, Reginald. I Denny? Remember, uh, we got lucky. Uh, we just went through the, you know, we just got out of there and did our, did what we had to do. And the, the dude I was working with, he was carrying a gun on him. Right. Wow. So, you know, have you, have you ever personally been down that, that intersection where uh, Reginald Denny got pulled out of the truck? No, but you want to know where I got released out of LA? I was wow. in an LA prison. I got released where, um, the bus stopped at, um, Richard uh, Ramirez was at where they beat him up. You want and to talk you know about what? a town? <laughs> you want to know what? I do you one. Well, I won't do you one better, but you know what? I got a connection there too. Oh, do you? When I, when I was living there about a decade ago, it was in a place called Highland Park on Avenue 51, and I think it was only a couple of blocks from where that that. Lynch mob basically uh, beat the shit out of Richard Ramirez when he was yeah. caught. I think it was only a few blocks away. It was a place called Highland Park. Does that ring a bell at all? Yeah. It's like right next to Pasadena. I lived there in an apartment. Yeah. 
And, yeah, the uh, bus stop is where everyone started chasing after him, and he took off. But I thought they, I thought eventually they they did uh, grab him and started beating the shit out yeah, of him. Yeah, the people right? did. Yeah, some yeah, people yeah, yeah. grabbed yeah. him. Do you yeah. even remember any of that? Were you a kid? I was just I was just a kid when that happened, but um, I was. They had was, California in a panic. Yeah, nineteen eighty five, right? Yes, sir. It was when he was caught. But prior to that, it was like a two-year reign of terror, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was... Yeah, uh, they were telling people to lock their doors and windows and everything, dude. I was they only three. Shit yeah, in their was, pants. Well, I just did right now, man. No, well, hey. <laughs> like I said, dude, whatever makes you happy, brother. You know, I, I, don't am, I was reading about the brown note, and I was like, I'm pretty happy right now. Anyway, it's shorts. Anyway, um, oh wow. Okay, so yeah, the night, the night stalker. Yeah, he uh, he didn't he he didn't really have an mo. He would kill children, elderly people. He he climb in their fucking bedrooms at night, rape the women, blast the husband in the face with like a shotgun. Fucking really sick shit. He did some terrorizing. That's for sure. They couldn't pin him down because he literally would just do random. He would use a machete sometimes or a shotgun, like he target anyone. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes he'd let the sometimes he'd let the little kids uh, live just to see the horrible shit that he was doing to like the mother or something. You know, and then he would kill the mother or just kill the father in front of real sick shit. Yeah, and then, he did some pretty pretty terrible know, stuff, man. You know what the creepiest thing I ever heard about him? I mean, obviously, besides the violence and the murder, um, the prison guards would say that something would happen to his retina or the appearance of his retina would, like, change, like, demonically, for lack of a better term, whatever. And I think when his niece went to visit him, she described the same kind of change in his eyes, like, reptilian shapeshifter brother could be good i don't poo-poo anything you know and i actually don't think it was just him either because i have this theory that i learned from dave mcgowan the late dave mcgowan that a lot of these serial killers were um you know a product of you know the cia alphabet agencies mixed with cults and i think a lot of them like sam later on Come to find out, he, most likely the son of Sam cult. Most likely, Berkowitz only killed maybe one or two out of everybody. But it, you know what I mean. And then you got like Ted Bundy supposedly was a part of a cult. Then they say John Wayne Gacy had accomplices in the house. The, some victims that lived said they heard other people. And then Jeffrey Dahmer, I heard, was in a cult as well. So I don't know. I so how did that gentleman not get in trouble earlier? He had many run-ins with the police. Yeah, and he just gets let go. Like Ted Bundy. Maybe the police were told not to mess with him. Yeah. I I just just like Manson. How many times (laughs) was that dude in and out of jail? And uh Tom O'Neill. Every time. Tom O'Neill wrote the that book Chaos, right? That's a that takes a lot. He had Sam Tripoli had that dude on. 
Yeah, I remember I was trying to get him on uh, Donald Jeffries thing, but uh, he had a fee, and you know, oh. just, we weren't dealing with that at the time or whatever. Yeah. But, but I, I did reach out, and he sent me back an email, and he was nice enough. But the thing about Tom O'Neill, and nothing against them or anything, but he was repeating a lot of the stuff that Dave McGowan had written about years prior that Dave McGowan wasn't getting any credit for. So that's that's what was bothering me. But that's not Tom O'Neill's fault. But um. But yeah, no, just the idea that a serial killer phenomenon um, was more to it than just being, you know, lone gunman, basically, the, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And then the, ser- the, you know, the serial killer that's like famous, like a celebrity, that whole thing kind of went away, right? And yeah. it got replaced with the spree, the spree shooter or the school shooter phenomenon kind of took its place, you know? And Bill Cooper talks about that all, was talking about that quite a bit. Bill Cooper was talking about it about 10 years before it became a thing with like Columbine, right? There were school shootings before Columbine, but that was like the 9-11 of school shootings. You know what I mean? It always gets brought up to this day, you know? For anybody who's watching this, please. They're like, what the fuck? He's telling dirty jokes, talking about Bush. He's talking about, oh, shit himself. And now he's talking about the prison life. And that's what's great about this, Tom. Please. Yeah, I, I this is awesome. I'm having great you know, I got stories, some stories to tell, you know, um, but I suggest you go look up Bill Cooper, get his book, um, watch his videos. Um, if you have to just listen, um, the stuff that he is putting out in his broadcast is the stuff. The that's going the time. Right. I'm William yes. Cooper. It's the stuff that's going on right now. Pretty much predicted COVID too. Yes, sir. And, and same with uh, Phil Schneider. I would suggest go watching that, dude, yeah. if you can find his videos. Yeah. Um, and when I say predicting, one of, one I don't of his videos, he, he actually predicts uh, the alien invasion and the virus. Are we, are he are didn't predict. About, this is what he said he saw on some paperwork. Are you talking, that, about, that, are you talking about Schneider or, or Bill? Phil Schneider. Okay, because Bill said the same thing when he was in the the Navy. He saw some paperwork that kind of had the agenda going on, you know, uh, where so are they lying? You know what I mean? I don't know because Bill Cooper was talking about the blue beam thing too at the time, you know, because he even admitted. See, he could admit a lot of researchers would not want to admit, but he admitted in the end he doesn't get credit for it that he was wrong about the whole alien agenda that he did lectures on, right? He yeah. realized in the end that it was a man-made thing. He didn't say that there wasn't the possibility of extraterrestrials, but the craft that he had seen was man-made in that they were pushing this alien thing on people. You know, he admitted that. People don't realize that. And he also admitted the other famous thing that he gets, you know, a lot of crap for. He admits that the tape that he was given was altered of the Zapruder film to make it look more like the driver turned around and shot JFK because unfortunately he would lecture about that as well, but he, he admitted that he was wrong about that too. And then he found out the source that gave it to him was uh, a CIA asset of some sort too. And Sam Tripoli even played that. And I was like, Oh no, I wish he didn't because it, but I'm, um, you know, even though he, Bill Cooper came out and said that, I still question that. Just oh, because, too. just because, um, 
his <laughs> wife started to crawl out of the car. What made her do that? <laughs> well, I always thought, and I could be wrong, that she was trying to retrieve a piece of his uh, brain that was on the back trunk. Other people have said it makes sense that she was scared and was trying to get out of the fucking car because she That's was what I see, dude. coming from everywhere. And okay, maybe, but what if she did see that gun? What if that was legit? It could, yeah. Listen, did they not find a neurotoxin in him? Yeah, and there was the idea of the so umbrella, the the umbrella man they said had a flanchette that shot out of the umbrella. thinks that it was a gunshot that the 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 driver. It wasn't a gunshot. Oh, hold it on, was a dark gun. No, I, I had heard the possibility that it was compressed air. That a dark gun. Dark gun. And yeah. the, the CIA had a patent on this gun. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking and about. And they used um, what was it? Uh, Forgot all about jellyfish that. or something like that for the neurotoxin. And that, that kills you right away. Some people were also bringing up the idea that, you know, how he does this kind of unnatural way of like holding his neck. You know, it looks unnatural and there's a pruder, right? Like he's he's holding his hand. Some people think that he was paralyzed with uh, the dart or whatever in the neck or whatever so that he couldn't move. Or move down or whatever. Try to dodge Boom. some bullets or whatever. And then the real bullets are able to. Oh, Turkey season, he can't move now. He can't even go down. You know, that makes sense too. You know. So, Chris, I, I'm 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 not like super um, on the JFK thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I know I know stuff about it. You know, um, but I don't know how how long ago it was. I watched a documentary, and it was about this guy who was in the mafia. Yeah. And he says that he was the lone. He was the last shooter on the grassy knoll. His job was to make if nobody took out um, Kennedy in the car, you know, when he was coming down the street, it yeah. was his job to make sure that he got a shot on Kennedy. He wasn't so going to be allowed to leave Dallas alive regardless. Yeah. No, dude, he's he was in a prison while doing this interview. Was so he had been Maybe I don't remember the gentleman's name. Yeah. Okay, but he says that he was the one who shot Kennedy. Okay, um, and he even mentions the gun that he used, and that was a gun that was designed by the CIA that you can't get on the market. And they took it apart. He handed it off to someone else that took it apart in pieces and put it in the trunk of the uh, pickup truck that was in the mud right behind the fence, right? Because I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so after the documentary, um, a video popped up of a facial recognition person. It was a lady. She would read. Be, she could read your face to see if you were lying and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that that dude was 100% telling the truth, that he was not lying. So I don't know if a lot of people have seen this video, and I'm not going to say it's legit because I don't know. Right. But right. that might throw a wrench into everybody's way of thinking if that's the case. You know what I mean? 
Well, you know who else admitted to being the grassy knoll shooter too, and actually was a hitman and went to prison for murder, was Woody Harrelson's father, Charles Harrelson. Oh, and I I heard something about that. Some people think that he's one of the three tramps being arrested in Dealey Plaza in those oh. photographs. He admits it, and he got he got life in prison for shooting a murdering a federal judge i believe huh Huh. so i wonder what's behind that i don't know and one of the other tramps looks a little bit like e howard hunt too of watergate yeah (laughs) and some people say that the you know the missing 18 minutes on the nixon tapes remember that whole debacle yeah some people think that was him talking about that whole Bay of Pigs thing, which was his code for the Kennedy assassination, and what the CIA had about on Nixon's whereabouts because he was in Dallas during the assassination, too. What I want to know is what made the Kennedys all of a sudden do what they were doing? Trying to go against all these agencies and these occults. What made them change their mind has anybody ever thought about that like how, 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 you know what i mean their family was a drug running family well here's the thing tom i don't know if that's exactly correct because i've i've seen evidence that goes against that theory i know what you're talking about the bootlegging and also drugs and things (laughs) all the sources (laughs) that i've seen and donald jeffries and me have talked about this all the sources for those um, stories come from either CIA people or the mob. And the CIA fucking hated the Kennedys, and the mob hated Bobby Kennedy, definitely. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to, like the bootlegging with, with Joe Senior and all that, kind of gets weird because you find out that he actually was trying to put a committee together in the 50s to disband the CIA. A lot of people don't know this. Because he thought that they were a threat, not to his family at the time, but just a threat to our way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And Bobby Kennedy Jr. wrote about that in a book last year. He confirmed that, um, that Joe Sr. (coughs) was trying to get a committee because he thought that they were cowboys, outlaws, with, uh, you know, endless funds. Uh, with illegal cash, kind of like what later on we found out about, you know, Iran-Contra and, you know, they can use uh, dirty money to do operations without getting the congressional approval, you know, taxpayer money, even though they steal the taxes anyway. But the black budgets, you know, the things they don't have to account for. Anyway, so with the Kennedy thing, it does boggle my mind, but it's a part of me goes into the idea that maybe they saw that in for the future that this whole, you know, 13 families or these bloodlines, all this other stuff, maybe it was possible that a, a couple of them, because I don't, I have my thoughts on Teddy, right? But the, the real decent ones, I think, and people will give me crap for including Bobby senior i guess sometimes because they go he killed marilyn monroe which i think was also a a bullshit thing i think that was a warning to bobby and jfk 
before, you know, <coughs> by the CIA. But but anyway, <coughs> I think the only real decent ones, I could be wrong, was JFK, RFK, JFK Jr., by all accounts, was not like his cousins, and Bobby Jr. right now, speaking out, you know, about Fauci and the fucking jabs and all that shit. Yeah. Seems like he has a lot to lose, you know what I mean? And I've heard people say, well, you know, you all, you're always talking about how Trump was like a, was a psyop and shit. Could they do that to Bobby? Yes, they could probably do that too, especially with mind control type shit that we were talking about, you know, before. But someone asked him when he said he was he was thinking about running for president recently. One of these news people asked him point blank, he goes, Are you afraid for your safety? You know, given your family's history and everything. He goes, No. He looked right into the camera and goes, No, I, I don't fear for my safety. I don't think he does. And whether he believes he actually could, you know, win or throw a wrench into the horrible, horrible process that it is right now anyway, just the fact that he's like, no, or like just the, his demeanor and everything, I believe him. Whether he's being controlled or whatever, I don't know. But I believe him in that moment. And they also asked him about, with his voice and everything, because Donald Jeffries and myself, we used to talk about that. We, wouldn't it be great if Bobby Jr. would try to run, you know, and not get killed and actually maybe become president, you know, maybe reopen these investigations once and for all into, you know, RFK and JFK, maybe even JFK Jr. Because that guy was fucking murdered too. His plane blew up. He was. He wasn't an idiot pilot. He like name his book George for no reason. Well, some people say I don't know for a fact, but not George Washington, but George no. H. W. Bush. That that goes around. I don't know that for a fact, so I can't really say for sure. But that is out there. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, the Kennedys. Well, I think that maybe some people say in nature every now and then you get a you know a fluke or a miracle or whatever you want to call it maybe for the first time in a royal family type situation elitist family maybe a couple of them wanted to go against the grain for you know their fellow man i know i'm romanticizing it now but maybe uh, they didn't care, and maybe they even realized J RFK and JFK. Maybe they even realized. I know JFK had made statements where, you know, I'll probably get killed, you know. Like Martin Luther King said the same thing, you know. Maybe they were really were trying to do the right thing, you know. And like Vietnam, I don't think would have happened if uh, JFK had lived. And the CIA definitely wouldn't have the control they have over us right now or as much control, at least. So I don't know. I think that maybe it's possible in this existence that we have, or simulation, or hollow earth, flat, whatever you want to go, this globe, or, you know, this uh, feature film that we're all currently in, that maybe uh, there were a couple that, you know, put the bloodlines aside and all the the occult stuff or whatever you want to call it, you know, the power and the greed and actually try to do the right thing, you know, you know, it's for I'm all people. I'm going to throw something at you, Chris. 
I hope it hurts. <laughs> I don't know if it hurt, but um, so my my opinion on on who killed Kennedy and it, it wasn't any of those people. I think it was the Vatican. I've heard that too. Um, yeah. Kennedy was the first Catholic. Yes. President. Um, that should that shouldn't start ringing some bells right there. You know what I mean? Some fireworks should go off. Ding, 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 ding. Well, the thing we didn't talk about, Tom, and I, I you, you would probably know a lot more about this than me, that there was a thing that used to be on the internet, and it, you know, maybe even before the internet, it was a thing called King Kill. King Kill something. It was... It was a uh, representative of uh, throughout history. It's uh, King Kill 13. It had like a number or something to it. I'll, I'll get back to you on it. But it's one of these occult type things that basically if someone's going against the grain and they're a king like status and, you know, Camelot and all, you know, representative. That they sing to them? Not saying to them, but no, it was like it was destined. Kind of like that, though. No, he's destined that he was to be sacrificed if he was doing the right thing as king of the land or whatever. I I probably fucking butchered that like they butchered Jaws for the revenge. Damn it! That scared the first movie scared me when I was a kid, dude. Yeah, the fourth one scared the hell out of me because they tried to tell me that a shark, a great white shark, went all the way down to the Bahamas and stalked the Brody family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The thing jumped out of the water and roared like a lion or a tiger. Tiger? Angry tiger. And he roared. It's like, it's like, it's And then they spear him with the boat. I'm like, that's Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Anyway, that... Jaws the Revenge, folks. It has I, bet that, I bet a lot of people didn't go into the ocean because of those movies. Well, I... I uh, you're right. I can't prove it. I think you're right. And you know, uh, comedian Richard Jenny did a whole bit about Jaws 4 being a real piece of shit. The shark followed them from... Martha's Vineyard or Amity to the Bahamas. She had a GPS on them, dude. She had it stuck underneath their car. What? Yeah. So she could, so the shark could follow the family. I think you're playing with me now, Tom. Yeah, I'm just pulling, that dude. That was in the novelization. <laughs> Remember, Jaws 3. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, Create a conspiracy. Oh, I'll give you one right here. They tried to say that in Jaws 3, Dennis Quaid and some other douche were playing the grown-up versions of Chief Brody's sons. But they were in SeaWorld now. Remember? Leah Thompson and all that? Louis Gossett Jr.? They did not resemble the young actress from Jaws and Jaws 2. That's just what I'm saying, and they didn't resemble, you know, Lance Guest in Jaws: The Revenge. The Revenge. Pieces of shit, man. <laughs> and you know something else? I'll tell you that's on my mind right now. I would like to do a a screenplay reading with you know yourself, Six, Angry Tiger, you know, other people. 
the original Jaws 3 was going to be a comedy. Oh, really? And it was written by John Hughes, and it was called National Lampoon's Jaws 3, People Zero. Oh. <laughs> it was going to be a spoof, and they were going to have people like Richard Dreyfus as Hooper, but it was going to be comedic. Steven Spielberg had a, a cameo in the script as a director directing a Jaws sequel. Never happened. Yeah. Well, Spielberg did not like the idea of them making fun of his. Oh my God. I love Jaws, so I'm not going to poo poo it. It's a classic. It's one of my favorites, like Back to the Future. But Absolutely. He, but it was around the time that he was starting to do ET and he had already done Close Encounters, so he had a lot of clout. So they were like, all right, fuck, fuck the comedy thing. We'll just. I put him in SeaWorld. Okay, cool. And and you know what, Tom? I actually love all four of them. Even three and four. Because they're goofy and stupid as shit. But they have their own charm. And Michael, right. Caine, Michael Caine is actually in Jaws The Revenge. Uh, and Jaws 1 and 2. I even like Jaws 2. And uh, I watch it every 4th of July. Just like every Halloween. I watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween. It's like different parts of the year, you know? Yeah. And what do you think of Kennedy? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, dude, it's, it's really hard to say about, about um, like, I, I just, that's the one thing that really <laughs> my brain is like what made him go Mr. Nice Guy all of a sudden, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, um so maybe he wasn't a Lucifer. I mean, maybe he wasn't a Molochian. Maybe he was Luciferian. I like and to say he was, he was with um, Marilyn Monroe. He wasn't like sniffing some eight-year-old's hair. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Peter, whatever. I, mean, <laughs> I can't say that. Any have you heard of anything of the coming out pedoph pedophilia? No. no, and that's not because I'm a Kennedy fanboy. It's just I haven't found it. You know. I have so, found I found that there's a possibility that Jackie being pretty cool had an understanding with Jack that they would sleep around both of them would sleep around. It wouldn't be just Jack being the president. Jackie was a pass around dude for the elite for the blood. I well, mean, look at the family she went to. I found and, out and you're not knocking her. I'm not knocking her. I found I found out some stuff on her background though, too. She, well, she, may, she may have come from like agent, like a family of agent types because George DeMornshield. That's, that's what I mean by a pass around. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but it came out that George DeMornshield, do you ever heard that name? Like who, who forgets that no, type I of name? Haven't. He was, when they re, were reopening the Kennedy assassination in the late 70s uh, after Geraldo played the Zapruder film for the public the first time in 1975. Yeah, <laughs> it got the public in an uproar temporarily because they're like, "Oh my God, he's going back into the left." It had to be from the front, right? There had to be a conspiracy. So they had the House Select Committee on Assassinations, uh, and what they found out that at the end of that was that yeah, it was a most likely conspiracy, uh, but they did nothing about it. <laughs> you know, they said, "Yeah, he probably was," but here's the thing. 
throughout the couple of years leading up to 1978 when it ended, they called all these cast of characters like shadowy people like that were around the, the area and the, at the time, right? including AO mafia members and shit like that. And there was <clears throat> there was a pattern that happened where just before someone crucial or possibly crucial was about to testify, even hours sometimes before, they would end up conveniently killing themselves or chopping themselves up and putting themselves in a barrel. You know, it happens to the best of us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. hey, that's some talent right there. When you can cut yourself up and then put it in a barrel boy that's amazing i i, I mean I, it speaks for itself you know what i mean want to go but anyway this guy george de Shield, the weird thing about him he actually in his pocket had george hw bush's phone number oh really in his pocket and he was a good buddy of his Back in 63, when George H.W. Bush supposedly was not in the CIA at all, even though I think about 12 years later, he would become the leader of the CIA. Well, apparently he wasn't in the CIA uh, 12 years prior. Anyway, he was actually friends with George DeMorne Shield, and they go back to World War II in Prescott Bush and that whole that whole thing. Uh, with the Nazis and, you know, and um, Wall Street propping up, you know, supposedly propping up Hitler and all that. It's all connected, right? And I always yeah. say that everything's connected. But anyway, George DeMornshield. Now, Chuck, if Chuck's watching this, he's going to get mad at me again. But I, in the, re, the JFK research community, it, it's been speculated that George DeMornshield was some kind of a handler for Lee Harvey Oswald. So it's kind of weird that this handler type guy or a really good best friend almost to Lee Harvey Oswald is also pretty good friends with George H.W. Bush, <laughs> a Texas oil man at the time and not involved with the CIA. But if you go back, George DeMorenshield was dating Jackie Kennedy's mother when Jackie was like five or six years old and used to bounce Jackie on his knee. So everything is connected, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This everything. dude, they're all, hey, it's almost they're, laughable. All, they're all stroking each other off in the background. Well, I would hope they would film it. You know what I mean? I know. I don't that's hope the they, thing, dude, they get off on watching people suffer. And that's, and, and that's wrong, you know? Morally, it's just wrong, but that's what they get off on. So you know, I mean, I know, and this is going to be very. At some point, the American people are going to have to stand up for themselves. Um, because if we don't, if we don't, it's it. We're just going to be more slave out. You know what I mean? Like we're going to be living in fifteen-minute cities, CBDC. You know, all the stuff they're talking about on Nights of the Storm. You know, ACDC. And yeah, and it's like... CBGB. It's good that they're talking about this stuff. Um, I I don't... I, I pay attention to it to a certain extent. Because... I, yeah. It's all, it's, all, it's all a clown show, dude. You know? Um, I know. And, and it's super confusing. And I can see why people are getting burnt out. On, on what's going on right now because they're tired of it. 
Well, that's why I, I'm a big fan of comedy. You know, that's why yeah, comedy and humor. And like, you have to learn. You have to. Because if I you would, don't, it just it it eats you up, you know? Laughter's a good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laughter's a good I meant to hit. <laughs> that was not the one I meant to hit either. What happened? The squisher. This is awkward, Tom. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, I meant to ask you before. Were you paying uh, close attention or any kind of attention in, in the summer of 1999 to uh, John Jr.'s uh, plane going down off of Martha's Vineyard? Um. Well, maybe just as what they were passing off okay. in the media. Right, okay. But you remember it when it happened, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right. I happened to live in the area basically where you know local tv stations and all that so we were getting different reporting than the rest of the country ended up getting you know what i mean <clears throat> so i've been kind of like fascinated by that case for a long time and don jeffries and with hidden history you know he had a lot of detail about that in there but that made me go back and look at other researchers from around 1999, like a guy named John Quinn, he went by Newshawk back then. I was able to get Don, uh, him on Don's show. I protest uh, when it was still on uh, TFR. Not that anyone needs to know any of that, but uh, um, yeah. So other researchers were doing, you know, reporting at the time too. Uh, like Sherman Skolnick was another uh, pretty famous conspiracy researcher. Actually, he was in a wheelchair. And he would give, uh, he would go in, into the courts in the 70s and give give the judges a hard time and shit. And they couldn't do anything about it because he was just legitimately, legitimately trying to get, you know, information on different things. <clears throat> and he actually represented, uh, I think he actually, with the Abraham Bolden story, the uh, African-American Secret Service agent that I was telling you about that got framed. You know, he got the, the Chicago yeah. plot. Yeah. I think he had something to do with uh, getting Mark Lane's attention. Mark Lane was the first guy to um, come out and question the Warren Commission, you know, like right off the bat with uh, Rush to Judgment was uh, his book. And then he made a, a documentary with the same name of that, which questioned, the, did it come from the grassy knoll? He went and asked all the witnesses and everything. Anyway, all this shit. So I went back and I actually went to Martha's Vineyard because uh, – well, number one, I love Jaws, like we were just talking about. Right. And I got to go to all the Jaws, the Amity locations, and I was, oh, my God. But I also got to see uh, Jackie Kennedy's Redgate Farm. And that was based, that was after she passed in 1994. Uh, John Jr. and his sister, uh, Car Caroline, they inherited that that Redgate farm. And the ironic part is when his plane went down, it was just off the beach of his own property, you know? And the thing that is fascinating me about that is that the media tried to paint John Jr. as an idiot pilot, a daredevil, also this horrible shit. He had no experience. Did they say he had cocaine in his blood system? Yeah. A now dead, uh, a dead, person uh made that claim 
uh, I forget the guy's name. I'm not going to justify it. David something, but he made the claim that he was on cocaine. He was all boozed up and everything. But here's the kicker, Tom. There were three witnesses that night uh, at the at the tip of Martha's Vineyard, right near Jackie Kennedy's Redgate Farm, right? That saw an explosion in the sky. So you know, I've heard about this. Yeah, and I've been trying to find... I know one of them, because one of the witnesses was pretty smart. He was He's a lawyer still, and he was outed at the time, and he actually did a couple of newspaper interviews. His name is Victor Probanek from Pennsylvania. He used to vacation on Martha's Vineyard. He was bass fishing, I believe, around that time. And I I personally believe he covered his own ass by saying he only heard an explosion. So he's an ear witness. But as, right. a, as a lawyer, he, I think he covered his ass like from, you know, maybe being taken out. Like the basically, other. that's just hearsay. Right, right. And here's the thing. He had to have seen the explosion too, where he, the vantage point that he was at. So he just said he heard an explosion. These other two witnesses that we don't know the names of to this day, they disappeared. Shepard Smith on Fox News actually said the guy's name of the second one said he was a guest at Rory Kennedy's wedding. And that was the wedding that John Jr. was flying to, to uh, Hyannis to attend. And he just so happened, you know, his plane blows up right near his property in Martha's Vineyard, right when he's supposed to be dropping off his sister-in-law, um, who ended up dying in the plane as well. But here's the thing. That Shepard Smith to this day, I tried to contact him and Don before Hidden History 3, and he's not going to talk about any of that stuff. But he, he said live on air the next day after the plane went missing he told everybody that uh it was a wedding guest of rory kennedy's that saw an explosion in the sky and he said it was a friend of his producer and a friend of himself so whoever that was was a friend of the kennedy family and i met, actually got to meet rory kennedy but i didn't want to bring any of that stuff up um anyway regardless the other witness is more known, but we don't know his name. It was a reporter for the Martha's Vineyard Gazette that was standing on the beach uh, and saw an explosion in the sky. And this this guy was the one that was quoted uh, while they still were quoting it before it got memory hold that he saw an explosion in the sky. And a, a local reporter named Steve Sprasia that I've actually talked to. He was the one uh, from Channel 5, uh, WCVB in Boston, that actually went over to Martha's Vineyard the, you know, the next morning to you know, start reporting on, on it. And Steve Sprasia didn't get the guy's name, but he described him. He, had, he looked like an older gentleman. He had like that pepper kind of color hair. You know, he, he was older. And then the Martha's Vineyard Gazette said that no such person ever worked for their their newspaper ever and that it was fireworks off of Falmouth which was the polar opposite of where the explosion supposedly was in the sky Falmouth is down Cape Cod it's like on the opposite direction so there's a lot of weird shit going on there and I've been fascinated with it the other 
Tom, I'll just say this one last thing, right? <laughs> He's like, tell me more. Oh, my God. No, no. Here's the thing. There was a Coast Guard representative in Boston named Todd Bergen. He gave a phone interview to a woman, to an anchor for WCVB named Susan Warnick, who is pretty scared to this day. Um, I actually went to school, high school with her niece. And so she was actually at my high school uh, graduation, but that doesn't mean anything. But anyway, so I've met this, this woman. She went on the air with Todd Bergen from the Coast Guard. Uh, and he confirmed that JFK Jr. called radio the tower and was awaiting landing instructions but that radio call disappeared from you've got memory hold just like the witnesses to an explosion in the sky that got disappeared too and channel 5 wcvb's footage they tried to cut six hours of footage out of the archives in new hampshire but guess who was able to get some of his his awesome followers, whatever you want to call them, up there and get it to before they edited the tape, where all the references to the JFK Jr.'s radio call and the explosion witnesses. Guess who was able to get someone in there and get the tape before it got totally screwed with? You? No, because at the time I was like, I don't know, picking my nose or something. It was 1990. It was the summer of love. Or the summer of Columbine, I think. Yeah, ninety nine. Something like that. Bill Cooper, he got the footage out of New Hampshire. I saw so, that, and he did a, two episodes in October of nineteen ninety nine, where he actually plays the audio from the footage, where they confirm that John Junior was awaiting landing instructions. And I actually talked to the guy that was in the tower that talked to John Junior. In his final moments, and he went by the name of Buddy. His nickname was Buddy, but it was Marvin Wyatt. Marvin Buddy Wyatt, and he's scared to this day, too. So, I've been fascinated by that. that I don't know why I got one. I, I feel like I gotta wake well, you up. Was he not running for senator of New York against Hillary Clinton? There's two, there's two ideas about, behind that, and I think Don was able to get some people that was in his inner, inner circle to kind of confirm that he was going to run for an office. One idea is that Hillary uh, took the seat that John, in New York that John was going to run for and it was just about to announce when his plane went down. And then you got on the other side, you got the Bush, the Bush family took yeah. him out angle. So they the got there you go. And here's the thing. Some people claim that George W., when he was on the campaign against Al Gore, right, took that weekend off, one of the most important weekends in the campaign, and disappeared. And his campaign manager said she had no idea where he took off to. And some people think that it was a part of a, a blood bridge, like a sacrifice, like the father. And this is not me saying I believe wholeheartedly or whatever or any of it. But this is what was said in uh, different outlets. Like uh, John Hankey put out a, a documentary a long time ago called The Assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. It went by Dark Legacy, too. It had a couple of different names. But the idea was that if the father has something to do with being in Dealey Plaza and taking out JFK, 
did W in order to become president witness the explosion uh, in the sky? You know that that weekend because it was a Friday night, July sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, and the idea also was that um, I just had it, man. The idea was that. Uh, JFK Jr.'s personal driver w was in the Mossad. He was an Israeli citizen, but he was a Mossad agent as well, or he was had an affiliation with the Assad because Mossad. And the idea was that in George Magazine, John Jr. had just he hired Wayne Madsen of all people, I think, to look into his father's murder again, and also he put out some articles about uh, Rabin. Remember that he was the uh, prime minister? I, is that the right title for Israel at the time? I think it was Rabin or Rabin or something. Rabin or something. Anyway, this guy was actually supposedly a legitimate kind of JFK type thing and got murdered by his own, you know, this Mossad is like the CIA for Israel. You know what I mean? And some people think that he was assassinated in a similar way that JFK was. And John Jr. was reporting on that. Oh, he was ruffling feathers with the Mossad. So that was an idea that some people had had mentioned that George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush, senior and junior, were seen near John's uh, plane at the New Jersey airport that John kept his plane at. And unfortunately, didn't have security around it. And that's possibly when a barometric type bomb was placed on the tail. And that's what the explosion was once you get down to a certain. Because when he radioed the tower for landing instructions, they make you go at a certain, I think the exact thing, but they make you go to a certain altitude or whatever. And that's when, boom, you know. So I don't know. I can't prove any of that's just stuff I had researched over the years, but. But you're awesome, Tom. You, would you like to tell me a lullaby or something? You know, maybe a dirty limerick? Anything? I don't know. That, that might put people to sleep. We don't want to do that, do we? No, because then you, you start, you know, messing with Freddy Krueger, you know, and that's a whole oh, yeah, other yeah, yeah. That dude's pretty scary. I got to meet him. Not Freddy Krueger, but Robert England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How nice was that? Guy. Nicest guy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's he, like... Outside of the, the, you know, you know killing teenagers. teenagers in the dreams. Yeah, they, outside of that whole uh, deal. <laughs> yeah, he, seemed like he was a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I met him. Per, I met him a few times. Uh, the first time was in '96, and he was with. He signed an autograph at a place called Spooky World that was in Berlin, Massachusetts, at, at the time. I remember like it was yesterday because that guy scared me throughout the '80s and. That's what got me into horror because I was like, oh, why am I scared? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of got into it, like with the Fangoria magazine, looking at how they did special effects. It got me into the idea of wanting to act and write screenplays. And But anyway, when I got to meet him, sitting next to him was Cassandra Peterson, Elvira herself, right? Nice. And, and she didn't notice, but every now and then, Robert, in between signing autographs, there was a big, huge uh, stand-up poster of Elvira, like right behind him. Like she was off to this side, you know, signing autograph. 
and it was like the tits were like right in his face and he was like ah he did the freddy tongue wag like ah like and people started laughing guy was awesome dude oh <laughs> i don't know how we went to well elm street that's the connective tissue you know jfk <laughs> yeah. that's actually where west craven got the name because jfk's assassination was a nightmare on elm street oh and true and and bob uh during covid bob uh <sighs> bob mr poet Mr. You know Bob, uh, the singer, hometown. Oh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan wrote a song, and he mentions the Nightmare on Elm Street line in it, and about how JFK was a it was a conspiracy and shit. But it was like, oh, thanks, Bob. It's only been like sixty years, but now you're gonna speak up, you know? Better late than never. But hey, what would oh, you think, friend? What would you think if Bob Dylan was the first rapper? I think, well, he was a poet, so, well, what do you mean? What do you mean, Tom? Well, just the way he sang his songs. Because I thought Blondie was the first rapper. Uh, she was up there. Okay. You could all, yeah, you could also include her in, in that. Times they are Well, that's more of the folksy thing, but his other stuff, yeah. Some of his other stuff is more like he's talking than he is really singing. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, but you know his. Did you ever like his son Jacob Dylan with the Wallflowers? Oh, from the Wallflowers, I did not know that was his son. His son, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I like some other stuff. Actually, a good singer. And I can't say the same about Bob because, like you said, he spoke most of the songs. You know. Right. Oh, but you know, actually, who was one of his backup singers in the early seventies? Who? Peggy Bundy herself, Katie Segal. Mm -hmm. Really, he, said he was eccentric as fuck and creepy. Oh, really? And then she went to be a backup singer for Bette Midler right after, and then she dated Gene Simmons, uh -huh. and then she married Al Bundy. Right? <laughs> I love Katie Sagan. I'm trying to get her on uh, one of these podcasts, you know, because uh, yeah, she had longevity. She was on the show with John Ritter too. They eight simple rules, you know, right before he yeah, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been to. But he died. He really in, died uh, doing that show. Well, not doing it, but he was. No, he was. He was on the set. They had yeah, him across the street. And, uh, I've been to that hospital because it was in Burbank when I was uh, taking the New York Film Academy thing. On the, anyway, it was like filmmaking lessons. But uh, yeah, you've been. You, you lived in California, so uh, you've been up up in Burbank and everything. Like uh, with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, what um, do you think? I, I worked up there a few times. Did you really at Warner Brothers? Not Warner Brothers, but like oh, I used to do office furniture back in the day. So, um, like freestanding walls, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, cubicles. Did you, ever, did you ever go to downtown, the mall downtown Burbank with uh, the AMC and all that? Was that back there? No, I didn't have a chance to do any of that. You're like, I was working, you stupid fuck. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, no, I'm in Glendale right next, right next door and everything. Yeah, that was 2008. I was in, uh, I was in uh, acting for film, and it, we, some Australian student came in and was like, "Yeah, Heath Ledger, he just died." And it was like the moment that they announced that Mary Kate Olsen or whatever, you know. Oh, oh yeah, that was uh, 
and he was the That's joker. The story there with those little girls. Yeah, and meeting up with Hillary Clinton. Like I remember seeing those pics and uh you know the story about that, right? No. About that show they were on. Well, Full House? Yes. Oh yeah, well Bob Saget, some people think that he was like uh, some kind of sacrifice now too. I I can't say it wasn't, you know, I don't know. They say he they got were, the draft right before, I don't know. They were abusing those little girls is what they were doing on that show. Well, and that's and that's why they're the evil little bitches that they are. Tell us how you really feel, Tom. I'm just saying. Um, I've heard stories how bad they treat people. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Like uh, oh, people, wow. like uh, interns that work for them and stuff like that. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. So, yeah, no, I, I just know that Mary Kate Olson, her assistant, didn't call the paramedics right away. She called Mary Kate Olson, so he could have been saved, possibly. You know, while he was still unconscious, but I think he was still, you know, I loved his Joker, though. So much so that you're not going to be able to see this at all, but I have his Joker right here, and uh, I'm very fat. <laughs> Another time, maybe in the summertime, you know, after I wax and everything. Yeah, anyway, quite a few tattoos. Uh, yeah, from Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where they were like ten ninety five a piece. You know what I mean? They got uh, you know parental advisory, explicit content, the Tipper Gore's uh, little thing that they put on. Uh, it's all warped now, but you see that at all? That was uh, the thing they would put on all the CDs at one time. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Parental advisory. I'm filled with explicit content. You know, or right, or, or fecal matter or something. Whatever. And then we got Elm Street. See Freddie right there. Nice. Another band from back in the day, Secret Identity. They got he's uh, some weird like I don't know. I think maybe I was drinking Drano at the time, but I was like, I want a dream catcher with a weird <laughs> cartoon, cartoon bone, and they were like, shut up, you know. Um. Oh, in Nirvana, of course. You know, I looked into Kurt's death, and that was pretty sad. You know, that's all. Yeah. Work, you know? That's a tragedy right there, dude. We got, you know. You got a green know. alien? I got it. Yeah, he's supposed to be gray, but I like him green. And then we got. I have a bunch of skulls and a warrior witch. Oh, yeah? You saw Xena, warrior princess, too? What is it, on your back? No, it's on my shoulder. It's on my arm. Are we talking about Xena? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you can. Let me see if I can. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What is that? Leatherface? It's a witch. Oh, it's a witch. A okay. witch. And then I have. It's like a B cup, right? I don't know. Can you? Yeah, dude. Oh, what is that? I have. I like skulls. It's a Terminator. I like skulls. Oh, that's not the Terminator. Can we can we um, call it the Terminator? <laughs> you can call it whatever you want, brother. Oh. I have. I, I like skulls, so I collect them. Like, you know, after you kill someone, I have like there. just carvings and you know, like my son bought me a, a crystal skull from Disneyland, stuff oh, like that. Indiana Jones, yeah, yeah, they got a new uh, one coming out right now, and he's like, yeah, 95. he's 95. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm surprised, I'm surprised Harrison Ford can even walk anymore, dude. Yeah, that's what I mean. Short round. Remember Short Round? The little kid from Temple of Doom? Yeah. He, he just won an Academy Award the other night 
And he went up and gave uh, Harrison Ford a big hug. It was like the first time they saw each other since like 85. Oh, that's cool. It was a cool moment. I'm like, they're short rounds. So I'm hoping they have them as a cameo, at least. The guy just won an Academy Award, you know? Right. Not that that shit really fucking matters anymore. It's all politics. Allison Chains, that's uh, kind of, that's supposed to be Lane Staley's uh, artwork as he drew, drew the sun anyway, originally. And then uh, up here, oh, I don't want to do Magic Mike 4 for anyone. <laughs> but I like Back to the Future, right? That's the flux capacitor. It says, I don't Talk give a I don't give a flux. That's what nice. <laughs> I love Back to the Future, man. I love it. That was a great movie. I'll be honest with you. I liked that movie when I, I was watch a kid. it over and over again to this day. Like Married with Children episodes. I can watch and Night Court episodes. I can watch it over and over and over again. Sometimes <laughs> I do. But anyway, Tom, uh, now that everyone is more enlightened by our Al Bundy talk, our, uh, I don't know, when in doubt, and then we also have this, and then we have this. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. and then well thank you guys thank you they love us chris that's the key see? that's the, we just got a one up in the warp zone not warp, warp zone, not warp zone uh, as the jet god okay not warp zone as in the warp uh, speed but you know, right. the, whistle, the whistle shit with the fucking yeah. Mario and Luigi and the princess toad stool bag or whatever. All right, Tom. So, uh, you know what? I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, uh, I think we only broke a couple of laws. You know, we kept it to a minimum, you know. Uh, and, I, well, I threatened to disrobe. Be broken, brother. That's why they have them. So. I threatened to disrobe, but I didn't. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But here we go. What do you think the outro is going to be? Do you think I'm going to uh, screw it up again? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it is what it is. If it works out, it works out. Perfecto. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, there we go. Back. <laughs>